Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Niners Sports Talk. My name is Bryson Foster. I'm the sports editor at the Niner Times, and today I am joined by... Isaiah Folks, Charlotte basketball player number five. Isaiah, thanks so much for joining me today. This is going to be a lot of fun, um, for sure. So let's jump right into it. Um, first, we'll, we'll talk about the Charlotte men's basketball season. Um, what are your overall thoughts on last season? Um, had a lot of some ups and downs, but capped it off with its CBI tournament win. Um, what are your overall thoughts and opinions on the year? Um, going into the season and preseason, I feel like we had a lot to prove. I feel like everybody had, had us doing bad because we lost Jameer. But I feel like the coaches did a good job with the recruiting the, the type of players that we need and where we just mesh. And then uh, when we first got here, our chemistry was different from, like, the other seasons. Like, we all connected. We all went out together. There was nobody, no man being left out when we, we had fun with each other. So I knew we was going to have a good, a real good season. And then when the start of the non-conference, we started winning. I think we was, like, 7-1, seven and, seven and something like that. And – Going into the conference, I felt like pretty confident. Even though our conference is a pretty hard conference, I feel like we did pretty good in, in conference, better than last year. And then the CBI just topped it off, proved that we could we can come together and we could win multiple games in a span of like five days, like probably like four games in a span of five days, which is really hard. And I feel like after we got that, I feel like we we really like completed our season and and all our goals, even though it wasn't the conference tournament in the <clears throat> in March Madness, but we still got a championship at the end of the day. We still played for something. So I feel real satisfied about that. Yeah, and to your point, only three teams get the, you know, moniker saying, hey, we were champions. We won our last game. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely uh, – y'all really put it together in the CBI. Um, but this season I want to talk to you about your play. Um, I We kind of call you the Niner Times a spark plug <laughs> for the team because it feels like every time you come in – um, you, you dunk or you do something, you make a great pass to set up your teammates. And this year, you know, you played 35 games, the most out of your three seasons. But the big stat there is that you started 11 games. That's uh-huh. got to be cool, you know, re- really getting to where you were improving. And then getting to start has got to be such a confidence booster. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, going into this season, I definitely didn't really know, like, what my role was going to be or anything like that because I hadn't played basketball in – like a real game of basketball, like a full game where I'm getting into in the, the rotation. I haven't played that in like two to three years coming into this season. So it was just different, like playing, getting up and down, being in the rotation. So once I once I got the hang of that, I just started doing what, I, what I'm used to, and that's just playing hard, playing defense, trying to just get my team to win. So I've been doing that my whole life, so it wasn't really nothing new. Um, so, you know, kind of going back off that, you know, when it was January 21st, you're averaging like 4.4 points a game. And then over the rest of the season, it continued to grow. Like mm-hmm. your average continued to go up. I mean, there's multiple games where you scored 10. And the CBI against Radford, you know, you had 11. Then Eastern Kentucky, you had 10. So it, it really shows that you kind of became another option uh, for the team. What's your philosophy? I guess, what's kind of your mindset when you're out on the floor? I mean, for me, if it was me getting the ball and be like, oh, you need to shoot this three, I'd, I might crap my pants, you know? <laughs> um, so, kind of what's your mindset? How, how do you block out? I mean, I know there's the old saying, like, you know, you miss every shot you don't take, but how how do you go about that? Yeah, definitely, definitely going into the season, I definitely agree. It was definitely difficult knowing, like, what shot, what's a good shot to take, what's a, what's a bad shot to take. But I feel like just over the season, 
my confidence my confidence grew like the more I played and the more I got used to like the offense playing in an actual game because we were practicing like for so long so it was different playing against different people who would not know your offense like that so I feel like as the season going went on the more I worked the, my confidence went up and when my confidence went up I was more comfortable out there taking those shots uh and getting making the right play and stuff like that so I feel like <clears throat> that definitely helped definitely confidence uh and, and then you know you dunked so much this season it felt like I mean man you just go up and you throw it down um when you're going up to dunk do you kind of go like oh crap I can't I can't miss this like I just gotta hope everything goes right I mean especially the FAU game which y'all led uh, here at Halton Arena you know y'all led going into halftime and you were a big reason why um they were leading because I mean you came out and just changed the momentum um what are your thoughts when you go up for a dunk like and then you come down and you see everybody going crazy. I mean, that's that's got to be an awesome feeling. I mean, it's something you got to dream about. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do like like the feeling of that. But I feel like when when it, the games like packed, like like App State, like FAU, mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm going to dunk, I don't really think about it. My adrenaline is just rushing. I'm just so jittery. Yeah. So I just flush it. But like when it's like a a calm game, I might just do like a little like. Like a little two hand, just to just to get the basket. But when it's a big crowd, I'm trying to get the crowd pumped. So I'm trying to just flush it and get the crowd on our side, so we can have advantage over the other team. I mean that that it's kind of like a tomahawk dunk almost yeah. against FAU. Like I remember, um, you know, editing an article for that game. And I'm like, I gotta use this photo <laughs> for this. I mean, that was just such a great shot. And then yeah. I remember sitting in the stands, going like, like you know, it was like FAU was up and. And then you come out and you get that basket. And everybody's like, "Holy crap! This kid's gonna jump out the chip." Yeah, I definitely, I definitely took it way too far on that. But my adrenaline was just, my adrenaline just carried me. So it's just, a, it's a fun thing when you got your adrenaline rushing and all the fans is there. It's real fun. So when you like throw down a dunk like that, you come back to the huddle for a timeout. Are are your teammates like super excited as well? Yeah, that, like, yeah, <laughs> man, you went and got that. Yeah, it was like it was like about time because I was dunking. In preseason, like a lot, but in the games, I didn't really have many opportunities to get a steal, and I'm by myself where I could just flush it. So when I flush it, they were, they told me it was like about time, about time, and I feel like that just brought me joy and brought me more confidence to go out and try to win the game. Awesome, awesome. So I kind of want to stay on, you know, your teammates a little bit. Uh, who do you feel that you're the closest with on the team? I know you might have to be a little political here, um, you know, but and, and, and who are you closest with? And you have any stories from maybe your friendship with whoever it is? Um, definitely. It was def- this season. Definitely uh, me and Bryce were real close and me and Lakai were real close. So them, them two, was probably, I was probably the closest with them. And me and Bryce, I got a lot of stories. I'm, I'm going to give you a basketball story. So me and Bryce – we went at it the whole preseason. Like we guarding each other every day in practice. We getting after each other. We talking. We pushing each other. We boxing each other out, throwing, hitting each other with elbows. So we just going at it. And I feel like that just like prepared us to how we need to play this season because our confidence is really like really got a lot of dogs and really get after it. Like teams are gonna press you full court. So I feel like me and him getting after each other really helped us with this season. And as you see from him, he did a, such a great job with with the pressure and stuff like that. And once you start scoring, teams is going to try to put their best defender on you like a dude like me and try to get after you and make you uncomfortable. But he wasn't rattled at all. I feel like that that definitely helped in the preseason. And definitely for me, too, it helped me 
because when teams started pressuring me, I wasn't rattled at all because I had six, seven wing guarding me every day in practice and getting after me. So it was definitely made the season easier when it came down to it. Uh, and, you know, to Bryce going to Nebraska, it's got to be really cool, you know, seeing a guy that you've trained with and you've worked with, kind of get, getting his flowers mm-hmm. a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely proud of him. I've seen all the work he put in and the trials and tribulations and all the hard times he's been through. And I'm just so happy for everything to, to come uh, come to light for him and see him achieve his dreams and make some make some a lot of money playing basketball. <laughs> um, so moving on from the players to Coach Ron Sanchez, um, I, I have a lot of respect for Coach Ron. I've interviewed him over the years. He's just a genuinely nice guy. What does mm-hmm. he mean to you? And do you really feel that he's kind of he lays the foundation for what the program can be? I mean, moving into the American as well, bigger conference. Kind of, yeah. kind of bigger lights as well. Yeah, he he's definitely definitely a great guy, great genuine guy. But me and him, we got like a, a good relationship where he could talk to me um, and tell me like if I'm if I'm playing bad, like and defensively, if I need you to be that dog on defense and and get us this win. Because I feel like when we're when we're down, he looks to me to bring the team to bring the team up and bring the energy. So that's the kind of relationship we have. So I feel like he really helped me. <clears throat> Uh, later foundation uh, for for next season of what I can be and my potential. Uh, and you're talking because I, I asked him this. I feel like you know when you go on any social media, you can be doing things right, and people are always kind of disparaging or that mm-hmm. they can. Do you feel that you know? Because I, I asked him about this, how, how he handles some of those comments. Because I know that when you're putting in the hard work, and you see people that don't really know what's going on inside the program, that that might you know sting a little bit. Like I don't know why. Um, some people are, you know, so hard on us. But how do you handle some of the critique that you get? And some of it, I mean, almost all of it is is undeserved. But is that fuel for you? You just go, you know what, these people are against me, and that's fuel. Or do you just kind of, like, ignore it? But, man, I know what I've got going on, and I know what I need to go, and I know who I am as a person as well. Um, I definitely, I definitely like, see see a lot of, a lot of this stuff. But it kind of just, it kind of, like, I just laugh it off. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me laugh because I really don't – their opinion really doesn't matter. It's, it's my life, and I know I work hard, and I know the dreams that I'm I'm chasing. So it really doesn't – their opinion really doesn't matter. Awesome, awesome. So kind of moving away from Charlotte basketball, I know you talk a lot about your uh, performance on the court. Let's kind of move – I kind of want to get your opinions on the NBA playoffs. What's uh-huh. what's going on there? I mean, things are really heating up. and. Yeah both conferences, and, you know, tonight there's a couple of series that could close out and teams could move on. Um, what are your overall thoughts? I know you said uh, before we started you don't really have a team, but is there anybody that you're rooting for currently in the playoffs? Uh, So in the playoffs, I like to, I like to uh, root for the underdogs. So, like, uh, the Lakers, um, the Timberwolves just got uh, uh, exited out of the playoffs. But I, I, I guess I'm going to go for the Lakers. I want them to to make it to the finals. I like LeBron. Yeah, so. and talk, talking about the Lakers, the way that they're playing in the series against Grizzlies, they're not really showing that they're an underdog at all. They're up 3-1. to one. They, they could close it out tonight. Um, it's, it's definitely cool to see LeBron and this Lakers squad who struggled kind, kind of put it together, especially against the Grizzlies, who are no joke. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're the two seed. Yeah. Um, I feel like they just got the right the right pieces that they needed. Like Jared Vanderbilt, he, he can guard one through five. Austin Reeves, a dog. He gets rebounds, assists, points, anything you need from him, steals. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, great playmaker. 
AD on the boards, blocking shots. And then the core that they got the bench, Rui Hachimura coming off, scoring points. Then you got um, just just other other role players that know understand their role, not doing too much, and just getting the job done collectively on the defensive offensive end. I feel like that really helped for them in this series. I feel like the Grizzlies weren't really expecting them to come out that hard and play that hard and, and mesh that well. Well, the good thing for you know the Grizzlies is that they are playing at home tonight. They're back in Memphis, mm-hmm. so but they they have to win. I mean, if they lose tonight, yeah, the season's it's over. over with. It's over. I, th- I mean, I feel like that's got to be a disappointment for them too to to be such a high seed and the seven come in and just really dominate you. That's got to be hopefully fuel for them if, if they want to get back into it. They they've got to. Yeah, you can see you can see last year when in their first playoff playoff uh, against the Timberwolves, like there's been multiple games last year where they was down by twenty and. They came back. Everybody thought it was over. So I feel like they're just a young core, and they're going to gonna get it together in, in a couple years because they're going to have that experience in the playoffs. They're going to know what it takes. And and in the playoffs, you got to be mentally locked in every game because it's hard to play the same team for seven games. Yep. Like, even like even for two, you play the same team. Like, even in our conference, we play a team twice. They better the, the next time you play them. Like, they know everything you're going to do. But playing the team seven times, it's got to be hard. And you got to be really, really locked in. Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of crazy. That, that that series has been kind of highly contested, uh, in, in my opinion. But, you know, the Grizzlies, one thing they have on their side, they're 35-6 and six at home. So, mm-hmm. back at home tonight. But, like, moving on to the Heat and the Bucks, The Heat have a chance to close out the series. And my opinion, we had um, – my assistant sports editor on the other week, Joey, and we were talking about it, and I said the Bucks are going to win the finals. Yeah. And my whole playoff <laughs> bracket might be might be destroyed tonight. I, yeah. I, I didn't expect this at all. I mean, Jimmy Butler's just playing on a different level. I mean, like he did in, you know, the bubble finals. I mean, he yeah. was all over the place. But it just really feels like the Bucks are just struggling to get it going, kind of like the Grizzlies, too, not the high seed, but struggling. Yeah, I feel like teams – like teams like Miami, definitely Miami. I feel like they they enjoy being the underdogs and shocking the world. Like, cause Jimmy Butler, he's a dog, so he gonna do whatever it takes for him to win. If he gotta get fifty, if he gotta get ten points, like he gonna do whatever it takes to win. So I feel like when when you're the top seed, everybody coming for your head. Mm-hmm. So it's hard when you playing against against dogs like that, and they want that top spot. You can't be relaxed. I feel like they was too relaxed. Yeah, I feel like they had the mentality that they already won. So that's what they messed up at. Yeah, it's crazy to think because the Bucks were the one. It's crazy to think that the one might be out of it on, mm-hmm. on the Eastern Conference side. Um, do you think, you know, the Celtics played last night and they lost to the Hawks. Hawks were able to extend the series. Do you think that benefits the Celtics kind of going through? Like, okay, if the Bucks are out, they're kind of the best team left. But they, they I don't. Know if they were looking ahead last night, like, oh well, the Bucks are down three to one. I mean, mm-hmm. they they got to finish their series with the Hawks. Yeah, Dejounte Murray. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had Dejounte Murray. Yeah, um, but I feel like that's it. That series tricky because that is so tricky. Because I Tatum Tatum was off last night, and if he going and Jalen Brown going, Marcus Smart going, like they're a real dangerous team. Mm-hmm. So. When they're going, I don't really think there's nobody that could beat them. But <clears throat> when 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 someone's off like Tatum, your best player is off, I feel like you, you could definitely beat them like the Hawks did without DeJounte Murray. Yeah, and then, two another Eastern Conference series is like the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavs. That shocked me. Do you think if New York wins, you know, they're moving on. They win the series tonight. It's an elimination game. 
I, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, New York is back. They're back. And I'm like, man, it's just one series. Like, <laughs> But, you know, you, you got to wonder, do you think that if the Heat do win tonight, that New York is the favorite in that series? I I, I don't know. I feel like that's another yeah, competitive that's, one. Yeah, that's, that's, gonna be, that's definitely going to be a competitive one. But, you know, man, New York fans is crazy. They crazy about their Knicks, man. So they're going to say anything. I, I think it's been it's been a long time coming for them too to yeah, definitely. to be in this situation. But Cleveland's no slouch. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's got to get it going. He's definitely the X factor there for them. Uh, but Jared Allen's a great player they, too. They were definitely my my favorites because they were so, they were sleepers, and I'm like, they got Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, and Donovan Mitchell. Like that's a scary lineup. I didn't really think they was gonna get down three one. I thought they was gonna just run through right, run right through the Knicks. And I think, too, a lot of people, even at the beginning of the year when they acquired Donovan Mitchell, I think they thought they were the favorite to win the finals. And yeah. now they're down three to one. But, man, Jalen Brunson's he, yeah, he, he's, he's a the beast. real deal. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. And his dad's on the coaching staff, too, so he's probably a lot more comfortable in being on the Knicks because his dad's on the coaching staff. And then he's already, he already has the playoff experience from the Mavs last year yeah. when they beat the Suns. So, yeah, I feel like he's, he's ready. He's all the way locked in. You know, when they brought him on and paid him so much money, I, I in my mind, I was kind of like, this is a bad deal. Like, I, I just don't – and, man, how, how wrong was I? <laughs> I guess that's why they don't pay me the big bucks yeah. to make those decisions. Uh, but, man, Ch- Jalen Brunson's playing – and Julius Randle, I think, doesn't get as much respect as probably he deserves. Mm-hmm, definitely. I definitely agree. He's a dog. He's a dog. He gets everything done. I was watching him the other day. I was like, man, he goes so hard. They was uh, It was a free throw, and someone went to go box him out. And he just ran right through him. I'm like, yo, like they they're playing hard. They're scrapping, they're scrapping. They're getting after. Uh, so, kind of talking about that playing hard aspect. Kind of the last series I kind of wanted to touch on is the Kings and the Warriors. Kings looked really good in the first two games. Golden State's come back, but um, I know we're, we'll talk about the game. But what are your thoughts on the whole Draymond Green, uh, Demontis Sabonis kind of tangle up that happened? I mean, that was uh. That was some pretty hard altercation between both of them. Yeah, it's just uh, I feel like it, it was nothing personal. It's just it's just competition when you competing hard and you playing for something. Uh, emotions might be all over the place, and they both just playing dirty, trying to get advantage over each other. So I don't really think it was was that big of a deal. But like this new age of social media, everybody gonna catch everybody's dirty plays. If you throw an elbow, they gonna catch that. So I feel like social media just made it way bigger than what it was. Because if it had been, like, in the 90s or the early 2000s, I feel like it really wouldn't even be talked about on ESPN or anything. But since social media is so big nowadays, I feel like that really just made it such a big deal. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I mean, in the 90s, that was pretty normal (laughs) stuff. Yeah, it was pretty normal. I mean, especially with Jordan, you know, when he played the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons would just beat the crap out of you going Mm -hmm. down the lane. Uh, but that's it's definitely definitely right. This is back in the '90s. People would just shrug it off. Yeah, like, oh, just shrug it off. They wouldn't even care because you got people taking you out the air. You got people hitting you with elbows. They they fighting, throwing fists, not getting suspended. So it's a it was a whole different game. Yeah. Than it is nowadays. Nowadays it's kind of like softer. They're trying to like protect people and stuff like that. I I definitely agree with you. And then you know the Warriors and the Kings. Like the Warriors have the momentum, even though that's happened. I mean they've won the last two, and the Kings won the first two, but. They're back at home in Sacramento. Who do you think is going to win this year? I mean, this one feels highly contested and honestly far from over. Uh, I think I think it's going to come down to game seven. And I, I want to take the Kings on this one. Just 
Uh, I I just want to go for the underdog, so I'm gonna take the Kings. Yeah, for some reason, I'm just really rooting for Sacramento. That's uh, kind of like a fan base that uh, just kind of like, man, I I really want them to perform well. And yeah. I don't know. I, I I assume you're probably an NBA 2K guy. Mm-hmm. But like a couple years ago, the Kings in that game were really good. They had like Rudy Gay and, uh-huh. and all those players, and that was like a team. I would watch and I'd be like, "Why are they just not performing? They got they got all these great players." So that fan base has suffered yeah. a lot. And I like how they're a young team and they they're playing they're playing with the Golden State Warriors, which is really like I really is really impressive. So I really like that about them. How yeah, they're Darren not backing Fox down from them. Darren Fox is crazy. He's he's super quick. He's <sighs> I don't think that's normal for a human to be that fast. <laughs> I was just saying the other day. I was like, I wonder what it feels like to to move that fast. Like, I'm pretty fast, but I'm not that fast. <laughs> it's like slow mo, right? Yeah. Like you're running and everything's just slowed down. Yeah, and then how you could just move so fast and then stop on a dime for the pull up and stuff like that. And then people don't realize how how athletic he is. Like he could really, really get on the rim and dunk and everything like that. And then his three balls falling, so he's he's pretty much unstoppable right now. Like he can get to the basket, he can get to the mid range, he can shoot the three. So he's pretty much on unstoppable. Uh, and, and somebody else on the Kings that is really fascinating to me is Malik Monk. Malik Monk. Kind of like how he just continues to, I don't know, kind of go through this like metamorphosis as a player. He keeps changing and fitting into the roles that the team needs. And he, he's been a huge part of, of their success, I yeah. feel like. Definitely, definitely. I, I I was a big Kentucky fan growing up, so him and De'Aaron Fox, I, I was watching them in college, and they was my favorite uh, backcourt. So seeing them back together, I already knew what they was capable of, and I already knew what type of player Malik what Malik Monk is. Like he just needed a, a chance and a coach t- to believe in him and let him do him, because he he's a wild shot taker. Like he takes a lot of contested shots, but he gonna hit majority of them. Cause that's just how he's been playing his whole life. So I really like his game. Yeah, I was a big UNC guy when Drake oh, May gosh. or when when uh, Luke May. Hit the buzzer, Peter. I was crying when that happened. Oh um, man, I was, I, I, I was going because I know Malik came down the floor and hit that big three. Hit two of them back to back. Yeah, and so I'm a big Carolina guy, so that game was just, it was just crazy when they yeah. came down and gave it to, to him and he knocked it down. I, I was like, man, I can't believe no, that crushed me. I was watching that game live. <laughs> that I remember that. That crushed me. And then seeing the, the post game interviews and they was crying. That really crushed me. I wanted yeah. to win the championship that year. It, and to an extent, too, like. North Carolina, Kentucky, that's the most underrated college basketball rivalry, in my opinion. Definitely, I mean, definitely. Every time they play, it's just it's a, it's a knockout fight to the mm-hmm, end. Mm-hmm. Every time. This is such a big game because both schools is both legendary schools. Like Kentucky, I've been to Kentucky before. Their arena is crazy. Yeah. I ain't never been to Carolina, but everybody knows Carolina basketball. So I feel like them programs together, it's just a game you, you don't, you don't want to miss. It's yeah. going to be a dogfight. Every exactly. time. Yeah, and sadly with the Tar Heels, too, man, they're, like, kind of going through it at the moment. Yeah, definitely going through it. Uh, but I still I still believe Hubert Davis is the guy. Um, but, you know, Kentucky, I just saw the other day, they're they're playing, like, um, different international teams mm-hmm. in the summer. They're playing, like, three games against uh, some international teams. So that'll be that'll be cool to yeah, see. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a good experience to play, like, in, in international teams because uh, most guys our age in college, they don't really understand how good – them international guys are. Yep. So and and they play a different type of basketball, which is very disciplined. So if you could play against them and be very disciplined and when you it's time to play against college teams, you're gonna have the advantage over them because most college teams aren't disciplined. It's mm-hmm. like like European teams. So I feel like it's a great opportunity for them. 
So kind of, I guess we can go into like March Madness. I know it's been done for a little bit, but what were your thoughts on this year's tournament? Was there a team you were rooting for? FAU. Oh, yeah, FAU. FAU. Yeah. I wanted them to win it all because many, many people, many people uh, were doubting them. Like I, I went to um, went to Duke because my best friend plays for Duke. Okay. And they, I was telling them about FAU, how good they were, and they wasn't believing me. And when they kept winning, I'm like, I told y'all, like, they're the real deal. Like, they're nothing to play with. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I think they were really underseeded. I mean, the run that they went in, the way they were playing, that, that's a four seed. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely, definitely. And I thought, too, like Conference USA, I mean, winning the NIT, winning the CBI, and Charlotte, of course, winning. I honestly thought this was the year that CUSA deserved to get three or four teams mm-hmm. in the tournament. I mean, especially North Texas, UAB. I feel like Charlotte proved that we could have played yeah. uh, in there, too. And I think it's kind of a shame that some of the smaller kind of conferences aren't getting that much respect. But moving to the American, I think things are going to change. Yeah, definitely. The, the American's a big step up. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely going to change. Yeah, I feel like it for sure. Yeah, FAU making that run was – and it was so heartbreaking. I mean, yeah, as much as I like San Diego State, I was like, oh, man. That shot was – oh, sheesh. That, that's a tough shot. I know. I can only know. Imagine how they feel. Yeah. Like, watching that shot on that big stage. Could Could you like put yourself in that situation of having to make that shot at the end, or is that? Yeah, I feel like that's just like a bat. Uh, like if you play basketball, you going you you going you going to do that. If you just plan shooting in the gym at night, you going to imagine yourself like hitting a game winner. I feel like everybody did that as a kid. Yeah. Like when you playing, it's like one. Three, two, one, and you just shoot the last shot, and you now you go keep repeating it until you make it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like everybody just put themselves in them positions, but just hitting a shot on that stage in front of that many fans, it's just a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, and you talk about practicing that shot, you be like, you know, three, two, one, and you miss, and you go, oh, they put five seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I thought March Madness was it was really cool to see some lower seeds get in. The one seeds were really, I think it shows like parity in college basketball. That mm-hmm. even the like mid majors are starting to get to where they're they're no slouches. They're they're yeah. hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's hard playing. I feel like that tournament is so hard because you only got one game. So if you have a bad game, it could affect your whole season. So that's why I, I like March Madness a lot better than the playoffs because you only got one game. And, yeah, and it's is it. Yeah, March Madness is always – it's just such a great time. My opinion is, like, one of the best times of the year. Yeah, it feels so good around that time. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, there's so many games on. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was in the Niner Times office. I had the games on, like, Damn. throughout the day. There were people who didn't watch basketball that were gathered around, like, oh, what are we watching? Yeah, like, just watching the games. It's such a great time in March. Um, So, kind of moving back to, I guess, not so much like the NBA or March Madness, but back to kind of what you do before games. So – do you have like a favorite pregame meal or maybe a postgame meal that you eat kind of after to kind of kind of celebrate like a, a good game or whatever or or kind of what's your routine there? Uh, pregame meal definitely, I definitely go with steak or salmon, or okay. maybe some chicken, and then sides, mashed potatoes or potatoes, and then uh, asparagus or green beans, okay. something like that. Get some vegetables or some broccoli. And some bread and some water, and I'm good. Okay. Okay. So, I'm good. Post game, yeah. Post game, yeah. Post game, probably, um, probably steak again. Okay. Same, probably the same thing. Post game. 
are so so you're not kind of staying away from a fast food after a win. Yeah, 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 I try to. I eat that too much on my own, so <laughs> I'd be lazy. I don't be trying to cook. You uh, uh, got to go to like fast food. Chick fil A. Oh, Chick fil A. Chick fil A every time. What's your order? You spicy chicken sandwich guy, um, nugget guy, or nugget guy? Twelve count with large fry, large power eight. Uh, then sometimes I get a chicken sandwich, large fry, large power eight. Yeah. And then breakfast. Don't get me started on breakfast. Four count mini meal, <laughs> two hash browns, and then a power eight. I'm good. Are, are are you eating at the one on on campus? Off a campus. Lot? Off oh, campus. Off campus. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, off campus for sure. You uh, got like a go to sauce you do you do with the nuggets? Or? Polynesian. Oh, Polynesian. Okay. Polynesian. That's that, that's like a like they, favorite. I feel like they put crack in that because it goes with, <laughs> it goes with everything. Like no way a sauce should go with everything. <laughs> so I feel like they definitely put crack in Polynesian sauce. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't think you're far. To me, I'm I'm more of a Chick Fil A sauce guy, but mm-hmm. man, that stuff's crazy. Like, yeah. I'm like, there's no way sauce can be this the good. Sauce would be that good. It's crazy. <laughs> there's something unholy in that. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but <laughs> they're putting crack in the Polynesian sauce. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm a you know I grew up kind of Chick Fil A. I'm also a Bojangles guy. Kind of Bojangles. Hate I like to eat breakfast. Yeah, the Bojangles here at the Union. I hate that it's. Cause I used to go there every day before class. I'd go. <laughs> I, my when I first got on campus, I went there every day before I left, before or after getting the chicken, the Cajun chicken biscuit yeah. with the fries. I I, I go bow rounds for some reason. Bow rounds, bow rounds in, in the morning, but like you know everything else, the fries are good. I like the season they put on the fries. That's what really gets me. Yeah, the, the bad really thing is me. I don't feel like they put enough on. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, that's that stuff is great. I love I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. We need to get you an nil deal with Chick Fil A or Bojangles or something. Chick Fil A definitely. They need to throw me their bag. <laughs> yeah, man. They got to give you a lifetime supply of uh, Polynesian sauce. Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so I guess kind of moving away from food because I'm kind of getting hungry myself. <laughs> um, let's kind of move to uh, I, I don't know. It's, Talk about some music. Who are you listening to lately, or is is there like an artist that you just grow, grew up listening to, or um, it can it can be any genre. Uh, I'm a all right, so I'm kind of I like rap, but I also I'm an old school guy. I like old school R and B. I like okay. that's where that's where me and Kai, me and Lakai, we we kind of mesh because we like old school R and B music. We like to sing and stuff like that. But on the rap side, nowadays I listen to Lil Baby, Lil okay. Dirk, NBA YoungBoy. G Herbo, just stuff like that, and then, <clears throat> and then like R and B, I like Ashante, Beyonce, like just a lot of like older two thousands nineties music. Okay. Because I feel like that time it was the go to go era music. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, for me, rap wise, I'm a, I'm a big J Cole guy, but I J. guess Cole. that comes with the territory of being from North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Too, um, but yeah, man. Little baby's great. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan. Of him. I like Chris Brown too. I like Chris Brown a lot because that's a Virginia guy. He's from Virginia. So. Yeah, yeah. And then too, you talk about R and B. Are you an Erica Badu guy at all? Uh, she kind she kind of scares me a little bit. <laughs> she looks kind of like scary, but um, who am I? I kind of like definitely, definitely. I'm definitely a '90s R and B type of guy. Like just being around my mom and my dad, just listening to the stuff they listen to. So I'm definitely like a '90s R&B soul kind of guy. Yeah, I feel that like my my dad was a big LL Cool J yeah. fan back in the day, <laughs> so that's been passed down to me um, as well. So I guess kind of you know talking about it, if you had to be, I don't know, this is gonna be a weird question, but if you had to be like on a, a deserted island for the rest of your life, what are four albums you would take with you? Four you albums, four albums. Whoo! This is a tough question. <laughs> this is a tough question. I gotta go. 
Give me, um, give me the Drake Views album. Okay. I'll go with that one. Um, gotta get some, some fast pace. So let me go. NBA Youngboy, AI, AI Youngboy too. Um, let's see, let's see. I want to sing. I want to sing. Hmm. Give me some like. I'd probably go like um. New edition. Okay. New edition. And then fourth. We'll bring it back. Some 2000s rap. Mm, probably one of the Lil Wayne Carter albums. Okay. Yeah. I, I think those are good picks, in my opinion. Lil Wayne Carter album. One of them. Four is tough. Like, yeah. I, for me, because I, I, I love all sorts of genres. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I don't even know. I yeah, just hope I don't get stuck tough. on no He's giving me a whole bunch of songs, put it on a shelf. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I I collect a lot of vinyls too. Mm-hmm. Like that my dad does too. Yeah, there's just something about how how those play. It's just different. Yeah, my dad he has a whole bunch of vinyls, in in the basement, so it's pretty cool seeing those. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Vinyls are, I mean, it's like a blast from the past, and they're definitely coming back. They're a mm-hmm. lot more popular now than they were. I think even when they were making them originally, like yeah, now they, it's like it's been a boom. It seems like and nowadays, like trends start to come back. Like they always recycle around like even with like clothes music anything they all trends always just recycle back around it's like i mean history repeats itself for Mm -hmm, sure definitely um so so moving away from music i kind of know we talked about 2k a little bit but what video games are you playing lately are you are you a video game player at all i've been playing uh 2k a lot i've been playing my team which is like where you're you have a whole bunch of like cars you gotta like open up in a pack and drive and see what players they give you. And you got to like put the players, but the players are like, they're not the normal players. They kind of have boosted up a little bit. So yeah. they like 98, 99 overalls. And they got like their attributes, like three balls and like stuff is like boosted up. So it's kind of like fun, like playing with like fantasy cards and stuff like that. Yeah. My team, man, that's, that's something you sink a lot of money into. Yeah, definitely. I spent so much money on my team <laughs> just trying to get new players. I spent way too much money on there. You uh, played so my addicting. player at all? Uh, not this year. I had I'm a, in the past, like my player, I definitely is, that's been a go to. But this this year, like, I w- I was kind of like focused on getting into the season, so I was kind of like working out a lot. Yeah. So I wasn't really playing the game like that. But during the season, I kind of started playing my team just so I could just have <clears throat> a place where I could come home. I could play the game. I could relax. So I started playing that. Yeah, I um I used to do uh, my player, but put it on rookie difficulty. Mm-hmm. So my, my player was like scoring seventy points a game. I'm like, man, I just want to get these badges. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> that used to kill me. I used to hate grinding for badges. So I just want the badges all to be there. I love play, I used to love playing the park because it's, it's different when you are playing against somebody else other than the computer. Yeah, like, it's more fun. I used to be one of those brown shirt players that would go out there and <laughs> nobody wanted to pair with me. So I'm like, man, I'm turning this off, you know? <laughs> oh, days. Uh, but uh, just, just a couple more questions and we'll finish up here. So classes are finishing up. I know that's got to be a relief for not just me and you, but for all students. Mm-hmm. Hey, Charlotte, I know you talked about your summer plans, but kind of you said you're probably going to go back home. What are your plans for summer? You're just going to, you know, hit the gym, relax a little bit? Uh, so I'm back home. It's basketball like 24 7 i'm playing basketball all day mm-hmm. chill with my friends either i'm gonna work out in the morning uh probably go back home get something to eat maybe go to sleep or and then after that i'm gonna lift and then 
I have to lift. I might work out again, depending, like, if there's pickup around. Because pickup usually happens around, like, 5, anywhere from 5 to 8. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if I don't play pickup, then I'll, I'll work out again with one of my guys. And if I'm not working out, then I'm playing pickup. So it's like that's, like, every day yeah. except Sundays. So cool. he's playing basketball every day, all day. Yeah, man. Sounds, sounds kind of nice, though. Sounds like yeah. you, you do what you love, and that's yeah. that's the big thing. Basketball, when you when you when you playing like basketball out school, like, and you actually have time to only focus on basketball, like, it's just so peaceful. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of going back to basketball, I know that the summer is this just how time works now. It flies by. So, yeah. ba- basketball man. season seems to be here. It's going to be here in any time. It feels like so. Kind of what? What are your goals for next season, and what do you hope to accomplish uh, in in the new conference, the American? Uh, um, my goals is to go to the American Conference, win as much as we can, try to win a a conference championship, make it to the tournament. But personal goals, uh, I want to be an All Conference player. I want to average anywhere from twelve to fifteen points, like five to seven assists maybe like five rebounds just just to improve my play improve my numbers free throws um three point three point shot and just being more efficient with less uh turnovers so that's my goals for next season well i think that you're definitely progressing great and i'm excited to see you dunk a lot more yeah. especially in the american we got those new patches on the jerseys uh-huh. that'd be really cool yeah definitely. i'm looking forward to it. i'm so excited about the new conference well, I mean, you get new opponents, which mm-hmm. that's that's just a cool thing. Yeah. You know, too, and it's a big step up. So, yeah, I definitely mean, a big step up. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Well, that's uh, all the questions I have for you. Isaiah, thank you so much for stopping by. I really, really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. So. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the Niners Sports Talk. I will see you all next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you all later. Go Niners Nation. <laughs>